0: Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 79. Run, Kristen, run. Hello, hello. Hey, how is it going this week? Okay, so some of you more mature people out there may remember the movie Forrest Gump. It was a 1994 movie starring Tom Hanks, and there was this one liner that even I remember because I was a young 26 year old, and anytime anyone would run, they would say in jest, Run, Forrest, run. (laughs) Do any of you remember that? You see, in this movie, the fictional character Forrest has an undetermined intellectual and physical disability. But due to his mother's encouragement and love, he never thought of himself as disadvantaged. So this character lives an extremely full life. He became a football star, he fought in Vietnam, captured a shrimp boat, and experienced all kinds of moments throughout American history, including meeting celebrities like Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and even several U.S. senators and presidents. So the famous one-liner, is born when Forrest proposes to his lifelong friend and sweetheart, Jenny. To deal with her rejection, he starts running. And in the movie, he tells a man sitting on a bus bench stop that for no particular reason he decided to just go for a little run. He said, And I Sort of want to use my Forrest Gump voice, but I better not. Anyway, he said, quote, when I ran to the end of the road and I got there, I thought I might run to the end of town. When I got there, I thought maybe I'd just run across Greenbow County. I figured since I had run this far, maybe I had just run across the great state of Alabama, and that's what I did. End quote. And then Forrest continues to explain that he just didn't stop. At one point, a news reporter covers his fourth time across the US. Quote, I ran clear across Alabama. For no particular reason, I just kept on going. I ran clear to the ocean. When I got there, I figured since I'd gone this far, I might as well just turn around and just keep on going. When I got to another ocean, I figured since I'd gone this far, might as well turn back, kept right on going. End quote. In the end, Gump runs for three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours, and crosses the United States almost five times before deciding that it's finally time to go home. I used to love to run, and I was so fast. <laughs> Just ask my kids. I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you all about the box of blue ribbons I still treasure from my sixth grade track meet. <laughs> Stop laughing, it's true. But in all seriousness, don't you remember the freedom of running so fast as a child? It was so liberating and empowering. I even used to dream of running fast through fields, up until even my subconscious knew it was only a dream, and that this body and the six knee surgeries between two knees was beyond running like that. But boy, oh, I still remember that feeling. So exhilarating. Can't you remember it? I'm sure that's why so many people probably run. It's not only good for the body, but so good for the mind and soul. There are a lot of scriptures that make reference to running. Have you ever noticed that? For example, in Doctrine and Covenants 89, verse 20, in reference to the word of wisdom, we are promised that by abiding this word of wisdom, we shall run and not be weary and shall walk and not faint. What about in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, where it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. Oh, I love that one. I like it because not only does it speak to me, but it makes me think, what is the prize I'm running for? But my favorite scripture is found in Hebrews 12, 1, when the Apostle Paul told us, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Oh, my gosh, is that so good? I believe there's an entire sermon or a mountain of content, at least, that could be derived if we just blended some of the words of those last two scriptural examples. But that would be kind of personal interpretation. So, well, okay, just for the sake of this episode, let's give it a try. What if we read, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, that we may obtain the prize we are running for? I love that. What is the race, anyway? It's the journey through life, right? What is the prize? I think you'd all agree it's the gift of eternal life and celestial glory with our families. Sounds easy enough in theory, doesn't it? So our son Drake was a sprinter. He was so fast, even held a couple of records. So when he got home from his mission, he was offered a scholarship to sprint for Utah Valley University. He gets it from his mama. (laughs) He so does not get it from his mama. He gets it from his daddy. Hey, but I like the other idea better, so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Needless to say, we got to sit through a lot of track meets from the time he was in the sixth grade. So, I was always amazed by the long-distance runners we watched, those who ran, like, the mile or the two-mile, and to be honest, it never ceased to perplex me as we would watch them cross the finish line only to find their way and collapse into the nearest garbage can so that they could puke their guts out. Why? I could never understand that. Why would anyone want to do that to themselves? One of Drake's friends, Chris Brower, was, and still is, such a darling kid, but he was one of those long-distance runners. And I asked him one time at a steak track meet, I'll never forget his answer, he told me it was just awesome to know that you could actually do it. He could do it, I never could, but that's impressive to me. This race through life is just as tough, probably tougher, than out-of-shape me Running a long distance race, and yet we're being told to run with patience the race that is set before us. This race, unlike the track of any high school or college, is riddled with detours, hills and valleys, treacherous gullies, and mountainous peaks. It can feel as hot and trying as the desert, and as frigid and freezing as the Arctic. In fact, sometimes this race feels more like an obstacle course that can't always be run, but much of the time is barely inched through or limped across. Sometimes we feel like, for every 10 steps we move forward, we're pushed 20 steps back. And occasionally, we may even find ourselves not only collapsing into the nearest garbage can— but feeling completely dumped head first right into it, with doubts of ever being able to crawl out, let alone finish the race at all. I read an article in the last Leahona called Run the Race with Patience by Carrie Hafen, and I loved her words. She said, quote, I know that being patient helps the process of healing to happen. Running the race of life requires us to overcome obstacles put on our path. By holding on to hope in Christ, pressing forward with a steadfastness in Christ, and moving on with His perfect love surrounding us, we will, in the Lord's timing, be made free end quote. For those of you who run marathons, you have my utmost respect. My daughter-in-law, Abby's mother, Tiffany, is one of those amazing people. And inspired by her mom, Abby and her dad just completed their first half marathon. Our other daughter-in-law is also training for her first as well. And it still just perplexes me. Anyone who knows anything knows that you can't run a marathon without training. And I think part of the beauty of this entire concept is that this race through life gives us the perfect training we need to progress, learn, and grow so that we can eventually cross that mortal finish line with family cheering us on from the bleachers of our own lives and those coaxing us on through the veils in heaven. But it's so, so hard, isn't it? We're watching loved ones now battle cancer and emotional illnesses. We are all fighting discouragement and loneliness at times. Depression, anxiety, unforgiveness, financial stresses, natural disasters, wars, and, well, I guess they're not really rumors of wars at all anymore. It can feel grueling to keep our heads up sometimes and force ourselves to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, let alone continue running. Every time I think of life as a race and feel incapable of running any longer, I think of the beautiful poem, The Race by D.H. Groberg, and I think I've even shared it here before, but I feel like it's worth resharing. Quote, Whenever I start to hang my head in front of failure's face, my downward fall is broken by the memory of a race, a child's race, young boys, young men, how I remember well. Excitement, sure, but also fear, it wasn't hard to tell. They all lined up so full of hope, each thought to win that race, or tie for first, or if not that, at least take second place. Their parents watched from off the side, each cheering for their son, and each boy hoped to show his folks that he would be the one. The whistle blew, and off they flew like chariots of fire. To win, to be the hero there, was each young boy's desire. One boy in particular, whose dad was in the crowd, was running in the lead and thought, my dad will be so proud. But as he speeded down the field and crossed a shallow dip, the little boy who thought he'd win lost his step and slipped. Trying hard to catch himself, his arms flew every place, and midst the laughter of the crowd, he fell flat on his face. As he fell, his hopes fell too. He couldn't win it now. Humiliated, he just wished to disappear somehow. "'But as he fell, his dad stood up and showed his anxious face, "'which to the boy so clearly said, "'Get up and win that race.' "'He quickly rose, no damage done, behind a bit, that's all, "'and ran with all his mind and might to make up for his fall. "'So anxious to restore himself, to catch up and to win, "'his mind went faster than his legs. "'He slipped and fell again. "'He wished that he had quit before with only one disgrace— "'I'm hopeless as a runner now. "'I shouldn't try to race.' "'But through the laughing crowd, "'he searched and found his father's face "'with a steady look that said, "'Again, get up and win that race.' So he jumped up to try again, ten yards behind the last. If I'm to gain those yards, he thought, I've got to run real fast. Exceeding everything he had, he regained eight, then ten. But trying hard to catch the lead, he slipped and fell again. Defeat, he lay there silently. A tear dropped from his eye. There's no sense running anymore. Three strikes, I'm out. Why try? "'I've lost, so what's the use?' he thought. "'I'll live with my disgrace.' "'But then he thought about his dad, who soon he'd have to face. "'Get up,' an echo sounded low. "'You haven't lost at all, for all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. "'Get up,' the echo urged him on. "'Get up and take your place. "'You were not meant for failure here. "'Get up and win that race.' So up he rose to run once more, refusing to forfeit, and he resolved that win or lose, at least he wouldn't quit. So far behind the others now, the most he'd ever been, still he gave it all he had and ran like he could win. Three times he'd fallen stumbling, three times he rose again. Too far behind to hope to win, he still ran to the end. They cheered another boy who crossed the line in one first place, head high and proud and happy, no falling, no disgrace. But when the fallen youngster crossed the line in last place, the crowd gave him a greater cheer for finishing the race. And even though he came in last with his head bowed low, unproud, you would have thought he'd won the race to listen to the crowd. And to his dad, he sadly said, I didn't do so well. To me, you won, his father said. You rose each time you fell. And now when things seem dark and bleak and difficult to face, the memory of that little boy helps me in my own race. For all of life is like that race with ups and downs and all and all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall and when depression and despair shout loudly in my face another voice within me says get up and win that race End quote. I bear witness that the voice within us that keeps calling to us to stay in the race when we want to quit our biggest cheerleader and greatest fan is our Savior and big brother, Jesus Christ. When we run with patience the race that is before us, regardless of its degree of difficulty, He will be right by our sides. He will run right next to us and help us obtain the prize that is worth every step and every struggle, and is the very reason we keep running. When I remember that these legs don't like to run, and I choose to walk, and even then feel tired from all the exertion. I like to imagine my Lord encouraging me like the fans in Forest Gump, and I can almost hear the words Run, Kristen, run.